0: Good afternoon, and on behalf of the Manufacture and Business Association and Money Radio WPSE, thank you for joining us for Business Today with the MBA. I'm your host, Karen Torres, Executive Editor of the MBA Business Magazine, and I'd like to welcome a special guest to the studio, David Basnick, President and Executive Director of Emerger Care Incorporated. Dave, we are so glad you could join us.
1: Thank you, Karen. I appreciate the invitation.
0: Well, Emergicare is well known in the area and it's a nonprofit organization here in Northwest Pennsylvania, and we are glad to share with our listeners a little bit more about the organization and its services beyond a ride to the hospital. And this is an especially exciting time for you, David, as the new president of Emergicare, effective February 1st. So congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: So to familiarize our listeners, if you could share a little bit about your background and experience and your approach to leading the agency.
1: Sure. So my experience started in emergency medical services when I was in high school, actually. So I attended EMT class with the volunteer fire department that I volunteered with in Jamestown, Pennsylvania. And uh, from there, I attended college when I graduated high school. Actually, my degree was in information technology through Penn State. And uh, while I uh, attended Penn State, I uh, went to college and paid my bills through working as an EMT, pretty much, which was a pretty neat job because there was always an hour to be worked someplace. So uh, from there then, uh, really my desire to continue in emergency medical services continued to grow. It really was something special. The people that I worked with, their hearts and their purpose for what they did uh, really grew on me. And so... I continued to finish my degree at Penn State. I eventually went to paramedic school, which is the that's sort of the next step when you're an EMT. The next step up is becoming a paramedic. So at one time I was going to college full time. I was going to paramedic school and I was also working part time working. Actually a couple part time jobs kind of piecing things together. So I eventually once I finished paramedic school decided that I didn't want to stick with IT. I did finish my degree at Penn State, but uh, I stuck with EMS. And so I took an entry level EMS management position job doing a quality improvement and uh, eventually uh, became an operations manager at that organization and uh, worked my way up through the ranks. And so since then, I completed my bachelor's and graduate school. I currently have an MBA. I have a board certification as a Certified Medical Transport Executive, Board Certified Critical Care Paramedic, uh, Board Certified, Certified Emergency Manager. And uh, so eventually that blossomed to where I am today. There's a lot of other meat and potatoes in there, but that's really the short of how I ended up here today.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds like you found your passion and your purpose and we're glad for it. Well, tell us a little bit about Emergicare and its mission and history so everyone is aware.
1: Yeah, so Emergent Care started out as a grassroots effort in 1983, which, interestingly enough, was the year before I was born. I get a lot of guff about that sometimes. It's pretty funny. But um, in 1983, basically the hospitals, uh, so St. Vincent Hospital, Hammett Medical Center, and the then Metro Hospital, which is now Select Specialty, if anybody's familiar with that, that's where Metro Hospital is located, in coordination with the City of Erie, basically came together and said that they needed a dependable, ambulance provider for the community because at the time it was just sort of pieced together it wasn't a very organized effort and so all of these entities came together and formed emergicare and so emergicare then has since blossomed to where we cover parts of over seven counties including warren crawford pieces of mccain county pieces of forest county at different times we have nearly sixty-five thousand requests per year you know we come into contact with patients quite a bit system-wide We put nearly 2 million miles on our vehicles system-wide in a year's time. We employ a staff of between 250 and 300 individuals. That number sort of fluctuates based on part-time availability and part-time staff. So it's really blossomed from just a handful of ambulances covering the city of Erie to, you know, we provide anywhere from paratransit or wheelchair transportation to critical care transport with our critical care nurses and critical care paramedics. The real mission of our organization is to improve the health and well being of our community and so in being there for people in their time of need and that is what emergicare has hung its hat on since 1983 and you know our mission is to continue to do that and uh, as technological advances occur bringing the best and cutting edge of pre hospital treatment to our community.
0: Wow, it's pretty impressive when you're talking about a lot of people think of emergency care as simply an ambulance service, but it's not. It provides so much more than just that ride to the hospital, as I mentioned earlier. So that's good to hear and inform our listeners. And you were talking about emergency care's operation, the fleet. And if you can, again, echo that kind of sentiment of how big that territory is and the residents, the number of residents. And you said, I believe, is it 2 million miles that you put on? Yeah, if you could really give us a little bit more information on that.
1: Yes, yeah, so we provide not just ambulance transportation, but like I said, also wheelchair transportation. But the one thing that uh, people don't often know is that a lot of the volunteer fire departments, the basic life support ambulance services that exist that are in smaller communities, rely on us for what we call paramedic intercept. So we send our advanced care provider out in either a paramedic unit or they go out in an ambulance themselves if they're part of a crew to help supplement some of those basic life support providers that are out there but yeah our encatchment area because of you know its vast size and the fact that we do a lot of critical care transport you know out of town because there are patients that need to go from warren erie erie to pittsburgh that are of higher acuity and have that medical need Certainly, you know, our vehicles are always on the move 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, there's never a time that we're closed down and hang the shingle up that says that we're closed. We're not able to do that. You know, like a a day that we have a snowstorm, it doesn't shut down our operations. You know, we're pushing snow out of the way to get people to where they need to be. And it doesn't matter what part of the world we're in. We're uh, designed to be able to get there one way or another.
0: And we're really grateful for your team and all their efforts in making that happen. Emergent Care has been a critical provider during COVID-19. So what can you tell us about your team?
1: So what I have to say about our team when COVID started is the rest of the world was really not knowing what to do. And everybody was nervous. And there, there was all of this uncertainty at the time. The one thing I can tell you is is that and at that point in time in our history here, I was actually working in operations. I was the operations manager then, so I got to deal with this firsthand. In fact, I was really the first individual that was looking at what personal protective equipment were we going to need? What what could we anticipate? What were we going to expect? And, and I can tell you that the amount of calm that our staff had when all of this started with all of that uncertainty, it just you know, I can't even express it in words because they were just ready to go. It didn't matter what was going to happen. They were ready to continue to fulfill their duty to, you know, the community, to our patients. And, you know, as time has gone on, it has worn them down. It's not as much the uh, COVID itself as it's all of the extras that go along with it. It's the donning of personal protective equipment before every call. Prior to COVID, you know, it was we put on gloves, Maybe occasionally eye protection, if we thought there was a splash caution, but now it's the life of masking on every patient. And at the time, you know, we were masking to go into the store, to go anywhere. So it was a big change for everybody, but getting used to carrying patients down two or three flights of steps with an N95 respirator on their face having glasses, you know, protective eyewear on top of that and those fogging up while you're trying to work. It added a whole new dynamic, you know, starting an IV in the back of the truck while your glasses are fogging up, you have this mask on your face. but I have to say our staff from day one, they were ready to take on the challenge. It was one of those situations to where it was like ready or not. it's here it comes. but their professionalism, the fact that they haven't skipped a beat in providing service, It just, you know, they're an inspiration to me now is an executive leadership role. Like they just excite me because I tell you, I had a lot of sleepless nights during that time period because I was worried about what I was going to have to ask of them, you know, and what situations I was going to have to put them in. Our major concerns at the time were losing entire shifts. For example, just in our Erie market on one shift, we could have 30 to 40 people on duty at a time. And, you know, we were worried about the spread that, you know, one shift, like a quarter of our workforce could be taken out potentially in one exposure. And fortunately, we've been able to keep that from not occurring by having good personal protective equipment, trying to take some mitigative actions through all of this to avoid that. But I have to give our staff all of the credit in the world for this because we didn't know what to expect, but they took it on and took it on to the best of their ability and they've continued to fulfill their duty.
0: Well, we truly appreciate it and all the frontline workers out there who are doing what they can and going above and beyond. And Dave, when we're talking about Emergicare two years into the pandemic, what's ahead for Emergicare in 2022?
1: We're we're gonna continue to forge ahead with continuing to provide the best service, the absolute best service that we can with the given circumstances. What we're really looking at now, and this really falls on my shoulders and my leadership shoulders, is that we have to work and find a better sustainable funding method for EMS, for particularly ambulance services, because right now insurance reimbursement isn't keeping up with the cost of expenses, and it's also not keeping up with our ability to increase wage to entice people to our line of work. It's very difficult because we're competing with, like, the retail market right now, other allied healthcare careers. We have a lot of individuals that are moving on to nursing school or even getting out of this industry altogether just because, I mean, we see what the retail market's paying. Right now, Emergicare, because we're a 501c3 nonprofit, most of our income comes from pay for service. In other words, only when somebody goes to the hospital are we receiving any funding for that you know we don't receive the majority of our funding does not come from municipalities doesn't come from the county or federal level we do get grants occasionally but nothing sustainable for us to be able to improve wages and so right now our our biggest hurdle and challenge that we need to address moving forward is honestly staffing recruitment and retention bringing people into our industry and the fact that emerging care is the size it is we have to be good stewards of our industry not just looking out for emergency care but looking out for all of EMS looking out for all of ambulance services and being that voice because we have that expert knowledge and that firsthand look at what those challenges are so that's really what our goal is is to continue to provide service to the community the best we can but we have to look at long term and we know long term involves us having to look at different funding models at how we're going to be able to continue to provide service and be able to pay for it so that's really that's my biggest challenge moving forward and uh you know we want to continue to leverage you know technology and continue to bring in the best of the tools and equipment for our staff to use to keep them safe and provide the best care
0: well dave and if anyone wants to learn more about Emerge care what's the best way to do so
1: best way is hop on our website in emergicare.org on there, you can find job listings, or if you have just an inquiry, you can go on there, find an email address, the phone number for the office that you would like to contact, or you can also find us on social media. We're very active on Facebook. Feel free to reach out through Messenger on social media. Somebody will get back to you and get you pointed in the right direction.
0: And you're going to be featured in the spotlight Q&A of February's Business Magazine, mbabizmag.com or mbausa.org, and we appreciate you participating. So thank you, David. That was a lot of great information. We're so glad you could join us.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the invitation, Karen.
0: And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I'm Karen Torres, signing off for Business Today with the MBA. Have a great afternoon.